USA champions at work. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. We're going to pair of tickets to go see FC Tucson this Saturday night. I'm going to give those away at some point before we get out of here. An hour and five minutes from now, 65 minutes remaining in the show. And at some point in there, you'll be listening for your cue to call. And Medea will take your, uh, your phone calls. Medea filling in for, uh, for Mary today. And I did not know this. And I need to make an apology, a formal apology on the air. As I slammed the New Mexico State University football team for being, look, they're going to be the worst team in college football this year. They are putridly horrible. And I say that with the most due respect for for uh, for that football program as our lovely Medea who is filling in this week for uh, for Mary Mary's on vacation and uh, Medea is keeping me on the air right now I mean at least I think she is I might be just be talking to a wall right now I have no idea maybe she has taken offense at her alma mater being slandered by me on the radio show this morning and she decided not to push any of the buttons to put me on the air and is like oh, I'll fix his wagon talk about my alma mater i had no idea that she went to new mexico state university and had to sit through those horrible football games <laughs> i'm sorry Mitty. i just uh, you know look the team is bad we know they're going to be bad it's uh, it's time to embrace that she told me a story off the air she's like we have these cowbells that we ring during third down and it doesn't matter whose third down it is whether it's the home or the visiting team's third down we're just happy that we made it to third down so that teams aren't scoring on first and second down of every play or of every drive. I get it. I get it. Look, I've been there. I've been, I've been well, we all watched some really horrible football last year in Tucson. So uh, we're going to get out of that little mess, though, this year. Jet Fish, this program, these players, these coaches, going to look a lot better this year, I guarantee it. And it'll look better at the end of the year than it does at the first of the year. And that's, that's what's the most important thing about this year you know, is, is the growth you know I, I actually discussed this on a on a podcast yesterday I was I was a guest on a podcast on um, you know my buddy's podcast the one that I started many years ago and we broke down the Wildcat season in in blocks of four where do they get wins in the blocks of four and I think I'm going to come back in the top of the hour and discuss that because when you look at the season as a whole I think when Wildcat fans have looked at the season, they go, it's a 1-11 season. We're going to be favored in one game, and we're going to go 1-11 this year, and it's going to be a complete disaster. But when you start breaking it down into blocks of four, you kind of say, well, I, I mean, you know, you look, at, you look at who the teams play the week before they play Arizona, and you say, well, maybe we can get two, three, win- four wins. I don't know. You start looking at those blocks of four, and they become, all of a sudden, some of the games become a little more winnable as opposed to just looking at college football. I think, I think it's the eighth most difficult schedule in college football. I still think it's one of the – I mean, it's easily one of the most difficult schedules in college football because they're going to be, they're going to be underdogs in every single game they play in FBS or the Division One this year. They're going to be underdogs most likely to San Diego State. They're an 11-point underdog to BYU. Uh, they're going to be probably an underdog to San Diego State at home. They'll be favored over NAU. Okay. At Oregon, they'll be 30-point dogs in Eugene. They'll be a dog to UCLA at home. They'll probably be a dog, well, depending on what the seasons look like at that point. When they go up to Boulder, that might be a toss-up. You know, if Arizona's got a couple of wins under their belt, if they beat, you know, BYU, and if, you know, if, if, they're, if Arizona's, you know, 2-3 and three or 3-2 three and two or something like that heading into that Colorado game, you, you may look at a situation where Arizona's a visiting favorite, and that would be, that would be very, very strange. But as of right now, they're dogs in 11 of their 12 games. The only game they're a favorite in is NAU. So it's easy to say. Like, I, I, always, I always argue this. Like People say, oh, Alabama has the hardest schedule in college football this year. And I'm like, no, they don't. They're going to be favorited in every single game. How does that, how does that make it the, the most difficult schedule in college football? They're favored in every game. They're favored by two touchdowns in every game. Not a tough schedule. That's just Alabama being Alabama. So we'll come back with that in hour number two. We'll talk about that as uh, we'll break Arizona's schedule down into blocks of four. See if we can find some more wins for the Wildcats this season. Also, we'll talk some more NFL news and notes 
in our number two, as well as give away some tickets to go see FC Tucson and some horrible, horrible, ugly news out of NASCAR. That's all coming up in our number two. Stay tuned. We'll be right back here on the Jeff Dean Show, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson. You like talking NFL, talking sports. Well then, a star is born. Hi, this is Chris. Hi, this is Corbin from Tucson Appliance. ESPN Tucson has given you a chance to be a guest sportscaster with Spears and Ali once a week. 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson and Tucson Appliance is looking for the next big radio star and it could be you if you think you have what it takes to be on the air submit a video 60 seconds or less showing us what you can do your video may even get played on the air during spears and ali weekday afternoons three to six could be the start of a sports casting legend give us a video of yourself talking nfl talking sports opinions matter give us your best stuff the grand prize winner will be a weekly phone guest on a segment of spears and ali to talk nfl and sports get us your video at ESPNTucson.com. Voting starts August 27th. A star is born. Presented by Tucson Appliance, where our low prices are your priority. There's a new table game lineup at Casino Del Sol. Roulette, Craps, and Baccarat are now live. Try your luck at rolling them bones at the craps table or bet your favorite number on roulette. Enjoy a wide variety of games at Casino Del Sol, the soul of Tucson. Russell Wilson here with Play 60, United Way, and the NFL are helping kids play at least 60 minutes a day. Healthy kids! To get involved, go to unitedway.org slash play60. Donate! Are you guys going to do that every time? Yes, of course! Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Thanks for listening to 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. We have an email club, and we're inviting you to join it. Once you're in the ESPN Tucson email club, we'll send you emails giving you the heads up on our weekly play-by-play schedule, our sports talk shows, special sports programming, contests, and even great deals that can help you save money. It's quick and easy to join, and better yet, it's free. Join the ESPN Tucson email club at ESPNTucson.com. That's ESPNTucson.com. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to our number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Here with you, whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, if you've chosen to listen via the live stream found on ESPNTucson.com, or if you're checking us out via the podcast, we do appreciate you checking us out we are tucson's only local morning sports talk show we know that you have a choice of where to uh, lend your ears to get your morning sports news and notes and entertainment we do appreciate you choosing the jeff dean show here every single weekday on espn tucson from seven to nine got some tickets to give away some point in this hour stay tuned for that but right now i I mentioned that I, i when you break down the arizona football schedule into blocks of four there may be a case where you can find a couple other wins in there. And I don't know how – This is the, I, I've talked to a lot of fans this year about uh, Arizona football, what are their expectations. And, I, and I've cautioned people. I'm like, manage your expectations. Please don't get overhyped. This is not a, a top 25 football team. This is not a top 50 football team. Not, not this year, not as they're constructed. Not as, it's just not going to happen. The schedule doesn't play out that way. It's just not, not going to be in the cards for Arizona this year. And that's okay. They're rebuilding. They've lost 12 games in a row. They are going to have to shake off the uh, the hangover from the Kevin Sumlin era and move forward. takes time. But if you break down the, the season into four, a lot of people, I think, they're like, oh, 1-11, maybe 2-10 if we get lucky. Let's take a look at the first four games. Okay, The opener against BYU on a neutral field against a team who is going to be fielding the fewest returning players in all of FBS football. Yes, BYU's favored by 11, and they did name their starter. It's going to be a, a more seasoned sophomore in Jaron Hall, not the uh, not the true freshman that we thought it might be with Jacob Conover. But anything can happen in an opener. I mean, Arizona may be a great surprise to people this year. Maybe, maybe the defense is good enough to keep Arizona in these games. 
Maybe Don Brown's got some got some magic to dial up and give BYU some looks that they haven't seen. Maybe BYU struggles to score. Maybe it's like a 16-13 slog fest with, you know, with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter and Arizona gets the ball with a chance to win the game or make a drive to tie the game or something. Who knows? I mean, anything can happen in a, in a season opener, right? Appalachian State, Michigan, season opener. Michigan's a 40-point favorite. Appalachian State wins that football game. Anything can happen. I'm not calling a win here, but I'm just saying let's look at the, the block of four. Where do you get the wins from? San Diego State, they return home to for the home opener. Depending on what kind of a wave of emotion they're riding, whether it's a loss or a win, who knows? San Diego State, very good football team, especially this year. They're going to be real good. Defense is fantastic. Brady Hoke uh, is is kind of a little more in his comfort zone, I think, in a, in a situation where uh, he can use his coaching prowess at San Diego State as opposed to where he was uh, at Michigan where he was just outmatched on a lot of occasions. San Diego State's going to be a very good football team this year. I think they're going to be a better team than a lot of people think they are. That's a tough win for Arizona. That's That would be a really, really tough win. NAU, I'm not going to just chalk this up as an easy victory. Most people would. NAU's got a good squad this year. Don't sleep on them. They could win the Big Sky Conference this year. they got a good squad. And they they recruit the hell out of the state of Arizona, which according to some people, some critics out there, especially on Twitter, uh, believe that recruiting the state of Arizona is a death knell and that uh, the talent in the state of Arizona stinks. Um, and I, uh, I caution you for listening to those people because they just quite simply don't know what the hell they're talking about. NAU's got a good program. Uh, they've got a good squad this year. They've recruited well. Tons of kids from in-state with a lot of pride on the line. So beware of the, of the NAU game. And then at Oregon, I know I've jokingly said that, that Arizona's going to go up and beat the Ducks in Eugene. I don't honestly believe that, folks. Okay? I saw some of the stuff. Like, I, saw Jeff, I heard Jeff today say that Arizona's going to beat Oregon in Eugene. It was part of the point I was making, the joke that I was making that that Jetfish, and not a, and not a joke necessarily, it's the point that I was making. The Jetfish was not going to just drop the rope and walk away in the T. Tyro and McMillan recruiting situation with, with Oregon. He's not just going to be like, okay, Mario Cristobal, you beat me, uh, you know, fair and square, you can have him. No, 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 no. It's not over. The recruitment is not over. And his two teammates that are currently playing at Anaheim Servite with him, throwing touchdowns to him, it's it's not over. And I jokingly said it's especially not going to be over when Jed goes up to Eugene this year and beats the Ducks as a 30-point dog. Okay? I'm not, I'm not being sincere, folks. Again, anything can happen in the world of college football. Am I calling it a win? No. I'm not predicting a win in Eugene. But I do think there's a possibility for two wins in Arizona's first four games. There is a there's a there's a, a chance, there's a good chance in my opinion, that Arizona could be two and two. There's also a chance they could be 0 and four. This is the great unknown. Trying to predict this season has been one of the most difficult things that I've had to do as an analyst, uh, specifically for Arizona football. Maybe ever. It's been really difficult. So then they get to bye week. Okay, the week of October second is the bye week for Arizona. And then they return home to play UCLA, and that begins the next the next block of four, alternating road and away games and a really really tough stretch of games. Home for UCLA, Arizona has not played UCLA well over the last several years. Even though they did get a win, that surprise twenty to seventeen win in two thousand nineteen, it has not gone well for Arizona recently against UCLA. Okay, UCLA has been somewhat of a of a, of a thorn in Arizona's side over the last seven, eight years. I think Arizona has two wins in the last eight games against, against UCLA. And UCLA is going to be very talented this year. Do they put it together? Does Chip Kelly finally act like he cares to be in Westwood and, you know, give a damn and, uh, and you know, put together a good squad that's, that's capable of winning seven, eight conference games this year? Not sure. It's a tough game, though. They're a talented squad. Then they got to go up to Boulder. And they've had success in Boulder. It's a tough place to play. Colorado does upset teams at home. Uh, it's it's and, and Colorado's you know again they're kind of on the same the same level as Arizona. I think I think Colorado's getting a lot of credit for what they did in a zero season. Okay, last year again, I, I've said this a hundred times. Just throw everything from last year out. Throw it out. Nobody cares about last year. Last year was a, was a fluke. Colorado 
played some great football last year. They won four games last year. Four of the five games they won, they lost. To, you know, they got thumped by Utah in the finale, but they, you know, they they hung a ton of points on people, and they were able to keep people from scoring as well. The defense was really good. They held Arizona to 13 points last year. But let's not just consider that to being like, oh, that's the the future of Colorado football right there. I'm still not a big believer in Carl Durrell. I don't know exactly where that uh, where that program is right now. I know they had some recruiting issues in the offseason. Things didn't go well for them. Uh, they lost a lot of guys, and they lost some guys to in-conference teams as well, guys that they were they were in on that, uh, that went elsewhere within the Pac-12. It's a very winnable game for Arizona. They can go into Boulder and win that football game. I think when you look at the two teams, it's hard to argue that Arizona's a worse team than Colorado is right now. Washington, now Washington, I believe, is the best team in the North. I believe they are better than, than Oregon, and I think it will play out that way this year. I just think that I, I know Oregon's talented. I get it. They got all these flashy players everywhere. I think Lake Washington's a better team. The the Huskies come to Tucson on October twenty second, and it's been a it's it's been a place of contention for the Huskies over the years. They have not played well traditionally in Tucson. I still don't think it's going to equal a win for Arizona. Washington's going to be very good this year. And then they go to the Coliseum to take on USC, maybe the most talented team in the uh, in the South Division. I don't expect the, the Wildcats to win that game. That's It's a road game in the Coliseum. USC uh, is going to be – they're going to be really good this year, obviously. We know that. Um, and I believe they come off of – did they come off a bye? No, they, that's right. They play Notre Dame the week before at Notre Dame. So big emotional game, possibly set up for a letdown the following week. I don't know. See, it's weird. The way the schedule works out, yeah, it's a tough schedule for Arizona. But then when you look at what the like who the teams play the week before they play Arizona, you're like, wow. Um, they're either like focused on every you know the teams on either side of Arizona or they are going to be coming off a huge game when they play Arizona. So USC going to be at Notre Dame this year and then they play Arizona the following week. Those are always recipes for, you know, for mental break, mental letdowns, right? Trap games. So, we'll see. Again, I think there's one solid win in there. So, at this point, if I, if if I'm making my predictions and I'm not Okay. These are not my official predictions. I don't make predictions, especially not this year. Like this, this year's so tough. I just refuse to do it. I can't do it. I want to see how they look against BYU. Then I'll have us. I'll have some predictions for you. They're either going to go twelve and zero or they're going to go zero and twelve. Because <laughs> I'm an extremist. Oh God, they look terrible. Zero and twelve this year. So I think Arizona has a good possibility of being three and five heading into the final four games, and that's good. Because they open up with two games at home in the Final Four. The homecoming game against Cal on November 6th. Cal is a good team. They play great defense. They've got a seasoned quarterback now, finally, after they've gone through, you know, the 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 ringer with their quarterbacks. But Garbers is going to be the, the starter there in, in uh, at, at Cal. And he's got a lot of starts under his belt. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to be better than they were last year. Uh, I just don't know how good that is. Homecoming for Arizona can be very emotional. Possible win there. Cal's not a great team. Home against Utah, I personally think that Utah's the best team in the South. I think they, potentially they could win the South. It's all going to come down to their matchup with, with USC uh, later in their season. But Utah's damn good. They're an extremely physical football team. They win up front. Kyle Winningham rarely loses games in November and December. That's not a good recipe for a win for Arizona. Then they got to go up to the Palouse in the uh, in the the cold, dark, dreary Eastern Washington weather to take on the Cougars. I don't know if the Cougars are going to have a head coach this year because the state of Washington has required all state employees to be vaccinated. Nick Rolovich has come out publicly and said that I I have chosen not to get vaccinated this year, and he is a state employee, which is now mandated by the state of Washington. So I'm not sure what Nick Rolovich is going to do. If he's going to be the head coach, who knows what happens there. But uh, nonetheless, traveling up there to play a road game, always difficult, especially for, you know, team from Tucson because they got to travel all that distance up there. Trust me, I've, I've ridden that plane uh, several times. It is a long, long ride. And when you land, 
you get to this like really dreary airport. It's going to be dark, rainy, maybe even snowing. It's cold. Tough place to play. And then, of course, at the end of the season, November 27th, you have the Territorial Cup game against a school up north. It's going to be played in Tempe this year. And whether Arizona is 0-11 or 11-0 going into that game, and if the vice versa, if ASU is 0-11 or 11-0 going into that game, you just throw those records out the window. Records do not matter in the Territorial Cup game. They never have. They never will. Records simply do not matter. That is a game that Arizona must win. That is a must-win game for Arizona. They cannot continue to lose to Arizona State. They just can't. It's going to be a very emotional game for the Wildcats staff and players. There's a lot of homegrown talent on on, uh, Arizona's squad this year. Of course, the coaching staff with Hunley, Cecil, Teddy Bruschi will be there, I'm sure. This is a very important game. You know, Brandon Sanders, I mean, this is a very important game for, for Arizona alumni. Uh, they're sick of losing to Arizona State right now. And, again, you throw records out the door, and who knows who wins that game. But if Arizona could win homecoming and win the teacup game, now you're talking five and seven. So when you break it down in the blocks of four, it's really not not as bad as some people may think. You know, Arizona State's coming back from a trip to Corvallis before the uh, before the the Territorial Cup game. So both teams traveling from places where they traditionally lost football games. Arizona State has lost like uh, ten games in a row or something like that in Corvallis. Like they have not played well. They have not won a game in Corvallis in a long time. And if they have, I'm maybe missing one in there. It's been like one in the last ten ten visits to to, or to Corvallis. They do not win up there traditionally. They have. It's been a bugaboo for them for, for ages. Maybe they come home with an L. They're kicking rocks. Maybe Herm Edwards is on administrative leave. Who knows what's going to happen with the ASU's a, a real – who knows what's going to happen with that, with that program? What is the NCAA going to do? Do they find more? Does, does the coaching staff begin to thin itself out even more? Do they put more guys on leave? That's a strange situation there. So when you break it down, like if if I were to sit here and to say I think Arizona's going to go five and seven this year, people would probably call me crazy. But if I break it down just the way that I did into blocks of four, where you can get wins, why you can get wins there because of previous week matchups. Again, throw last year's records, just throw them out. Last year didn't matter. It was a zero year. Nobody cared. Nobody watched. Nobody. There's nothing. Nothing there of any substance to take other than who's returning this year to play for that team. I think you could legitimately put Arizona down for four wins this year and be, be confident, feel good about that. I think, you could, I think you could genuinely do that. And again, I might be over my skis here. I'm a very optimistic person. Just by nature, I'm an optimistic person. And when I like what I see, and I do get to see a lot of Arizona football and hear a lot about Arizona football, you know, those obviously a very positive approach down there uh, for, you know, from the, you know, from the staff on, on campus and stuff. They, you know, they believe they got a winner. I don't think they have a team that's going to be above 500 this year. That would be a miracle, It'd be a welcome miracle, that's for sure. But I don't think that four wins is out of the realm of, of possibility. When you break it down, four wins, five wins, hell, you catch lightning in a bottle, you get a lucky bounce somewhere. You play great defense. Uh, other quarterback has a bad day, throws four picks. It happens, man. It's college football. We're talking about kids here. Injuries, forced to play a freshman. We've seen it. So don't be quick to dismiss this season and just say, ah, it's, we're going to get NAU and that'll be it. Let's just sit back and enjoy, maybe get some wins here and enjoy the product of, uh, of Jed Fish's football team because it's worthy of our eyeballs. They've put the time in, and, uh, you know, I was really, actually, I was really in, inspired and encouraged by the amount of fans that showed up for the scrimmage on Saturday night. That was really cool. 8,000 people there, that was awesome. And it's about to get even hotter here in the state of Arizona because our friends at FanDuel offer some great products on their website and on their app, FanDuel Fantasy Sports, which starts Saturday, FanDuel Sportsbook coming in September. Now, the Daily Fantasy Contest Daily fantasy. You can change daily. Get payouts, all kinds of stuff. They begin this Saturday. They're easy to enter. 
Just go to Arizona, uh, FanDuel.com slash Arizona or go to the app. You can enter that way. It's 100% secure. It's a ton of fun. You can go head-to-head against thousands of fans from sports, ranging from NFL, NBA, NHL, soccer, MLB, college football, of course. Golf is huge for, uh, for daily fantasy guys. Tennis, NASCAR. My buddies in, in Tennessee love doing their fantasy NASCAR. I've done fantasy NASCAR. I can't wait to do it with FanDuel running the engine. That's going to be awesome. You can do WNBA if you're so inclined. Go for it. FanDuel is America's number one sports book as well, and it's coming soon. They have the best betting lines, tons of promotions for new and existing customers, fast payouts, and a safe, secure, easy-to-use app. Check it out today. Visit FanDuel.com slash Arizona, FanDuel.com slash Arizona today to learn more. Agent location restrictions apply. Void were prohibited. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after receipt. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. When I return, some NFL news and notes, including the snooze fest that is HBO's Hard Knocks and the Dallas Cowboys, but something really cool in Episode 3 that you won't want to miss. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show, ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Check out the NFL Cover 2 with all the latest NFL news every weekday with Spears and Ali from 3 to 6 here on ESPN Tucson. NFL Cover 2 is brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company, Arizona's oldest brewery, celebrating 30 years of brewing in the state of Arizona. I finally was able to watch Hard Knocks. I watched it last night. Uh, was finally able to to get to that, and I was I was already like, okay, well, the first first episode was kind of was kind of boring. Second episode was really boring. What is the third episode going to bring? And lo and behold, it was boring. However, if you want to watch like the coolest thing that you've seen in a while, you don't have to watch for very long because the opening sequence. Of the of episode three of HBO's Hard Knocks, is this super cool drone like movie film that was done by NFL Films? So in in Frisco, Texas, there where they where they do the uh, where they they have the they highlight their training facility. It's called the Star. It's incredible. I had heard about it. I had never seen it before. Like it, this is what happens when you have a company that makes. $6 billion a year, as the Dallas Cowboys do. They have a training facility called the Star. It's a 91-acre plot. They have a 12,000-seat stadium inside their training facility. A 12,000-seat stadium that's like a miniature Jerry Dome. Just 12,000 feet steep seats instead of 102,000. It's, it's incredible. Their weight room, okay, I've been to, I've been to two NFL weight rooms in my, you know, in my time, their weight room at this star facility in Dallas or in Frisco, whatever, like, it's not even close. It's not, it's not even, it's not even like other NFL teams aren't even in the same universe as what the Dallas Cowboys are working with. It's insane. If this were college football, okay, the, the, the recruiting battle would be over. They would get literally every single Every single player that they wanted. Thankfully, there is a, uh, a you know a, a hard cap, a salary hard cap in the NFL, and they can't just do that and just attract it because otherwise everybody want to play there. They'd be like, I get to practice here, okay. I get to work out here, okay. This is my meeting room, <laughs> okay. I've been to the Cardinals facility. It was nice 15 years ago. This thing in Frisco, Texas, is ridiculous. So if you hadn't had a chance to watch episode three yet, the opening sequence is a, a, a single shot of film that was done with a drone. Now, this drone, like the, the guy who, who does this shot, apparently, um, kind of brought attention to himself a few years ago when he did, a, he did one of these drone films for some bowling alley in Minnesota, like, like, in like Minneapolis or something like that. Like, there was some really cool video that was on the Internet, like some drone video that was all a single roll of film or single you know, digital film, now you call it, um, 
where he, he like, flies through the bowling alley and stuff and gets in these tiny, tight little spots with this HD camera. It's seamless. It's beautiful. And he does it in, in this situation. He works for uh, NFL Films now. And uh, rightfully so. It's a great place for him to be. And he does this really cool opening drone sequence that flies through the star, this training facility that they have in Frisco, Texas. Like, this guy is, like, buzzing by people who are working. Like, they're, they're moving stuff, you know, throughout or whatever. Like, he's buzzing by them, like, within mere milliseconds of them kind of passing through his – it's it's an incredible – he's flying in between, like, weight racks and, like, like – uh, um, like big weight machines and, and workout machines, stuff like he's flying in between like the military press rack. He's just whoop, just kind of slipping through there. It is one of the coolest shots you'll ever see, and it goes on for like several minutes. It's a really cool way to open up the episode, and uh, Leif Schreiber, who's the narrator, does a great job. Uh, I love Leif Schreiber's voice. He does an awesome job of narrating Hard Knocks. He's talking about the star, and it's this 91-acre facility, and uh, they, they show the meeting rooms, and they go through all these, and they go to Jerry's office, and it's it's just it's super cool. And it's all done with this drone shot. It's like three minutes long or three or four minutes long to open up the uh, the episode. Super awesome, super cool. Check it out. Uh, if, 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 if you watch anything today, I recommend just watching the first three minutes of episode three of, of HBO's Hard Knocks. Do not watch the rest of it. <laughs> it's terrible. And I mean it. It is just awful. It's Jerry and his son getting on a helicopter. I'm not kidding. Like, they spend 10 minutes with these fools talking about their helicopter or their helicopter ride or how great they are or how rich they are. I mean, like, it's just, it is such a puff piece for Jerry Jones. The His final... You know his final trip into the sunset here, his last chance at being a you know his his moment in the spotlight. It is so gross. There's so little about football in this year's Hard Knocks, and it drives me nuts. And then they bring back Joe Philbin. We, we, when the Miami Dolphins were the Hard Knocks, and Joe Philbin, poor Joe Philbin, was the head coach of the Dolphins, didn't have a chance. I mean, no chance on earth of getting a winner in in Miami. He's not a very. He's just he's. He's not a likable guy. He's not a good coach. Like he's, you know, and he's the offensive line coach for the Cowboys. And maybe he does a great job on the, you know, as an offensive line coach. He's a terrible head coach. Um, but he's boring. And they're like, let's feature Joe Philbin this week. Oh God, give me a break. Can we do something exciting, please? Can we look at something exciting? Then they feature some running back who went to school at Tufts College. And they spend 10 minutes talking about this guy's eyewear. I'm not kidding, folks. They spend three minutes. Now, okay, listen. I have a condition called ometophobia. I am not a hypochondriac. This is a legitimate condition. Okay, it's a legitimate phobia. It's like the only phobia I have. It's called ometophobia. I don't like eyeballs. Okay? I can't, I can't talk about eyeballs. I can't see eyeballs. Like, I can look people in the eye. But if there's, like, anything, like, somebody putting a contact lens in or if somebody has, like, really bloodshot red eyes, I can't look at that. And certainly if there's eye trauma anywhere, I can't look at that and I can't hear people talk about it. Like, it literally makes me sick to my stomach. I have to, like, leave the room, which is – and I love watching horror films, but there's eye trauma in every single horror. I'm like, do you really have to do that? Do you have to stab somebody through the – come on. Like, you're, you're killing me here. Last night on Hard Knocks, I spent – five minutes with my head turned from the TV because they do an extreme close-up of some fifth-string running back putting his contact lens in. I am not kidding, folks. I'm not kidding. This is what they're spending their dollars on. This is what their production team came up with. Let's have a look at this guy putting his contact lens in, then making up some weird comment he was he was he's one for one he's got one contact in and one contact out and his coach saying you got to come out of the game if you lose a contact because you can't see the protections and all this other stuff and then he he puts goggles on and they're talking to him about eric dickerson and chuck muncie and he's like i don't know who, who chuck muncie is 12 minutes talking about this guy now i'd like some of the stories that come out of there 
talking about a guy's choice of eyewear because he has bad vision as a, as a running back, it does not move the needle for me. Like, it was just a, it's a horrible decision by HBO and NFL Films to feature this. It's so ungodly boring. I don't even know if I want to watch episode four. I can't wait to see what's next, what brand of Q-tip people choose to use in Dallas. Watch a guy clip his toenails. Some some third-string linebacker going to trim his toenails on the next episode of HBO's Hard Knocks. Tune in. Be ready for it next Tuesday. It's going to be compelling, super interesting, and awesome. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> Seriously. Sat there and watched a guy put his contact lens in for four minutes. That's not an exaggeration. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, and it's not it's not compelling at all. I know I, yeah, can't do it. I, I, give me give me something. Talk, you, go go talk to Dak Prescott's family or something. Talk about talk about Ezekiel Elliott's upbringing, his history of coming. Up. Talk about the starting offensive line. They focused on on uh, 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 Isaac uh, Alarcon, who is uh, Mexican, uh, starting off, off offensive lineman. Starting offensive lineman. He's a Mexican offensive lineman who plays for the Cowboys. And they, they like spent like five minutes of Joe Philbin MFing him on a, on a practice field because he wasn't doing the job right and showing his problems that he had when they played the game against the Arizona Cardinals and how he missed protections and just messed up plays. Like, why? I don't want to watch that. Give me something that moves the needle. The previous iterations of Hard Knocks have been fantastic. This year is a dud. Complete dud. Something that's not a dud, well, at least if, you know, if you don't turn in a dud. We may we may see some duds tomorrow when we start voting on this. But the uh, ESPN Tucson and Tucson Appliance looking for the next big radio star, Star is Born contest, winding down just the last 24 hours or so for you to submit a video, 60 seconds or less, showing your chops, your radio chops. Your video may even get played on the air during Spears and Ali today or tomorrow, and the grand prize winner will earn a weekly phone segment on the Spears and Ali show to talk NFL, college football, whatever have you, NBA, baseball, NHL, NASCAR, golf, whatever the heck you want to talk about, we'll get it on the board for you. Get your videos to ESPNTucson.com today. Remember, 60 seconds or less as voting starts tomorrow. A star is born on ESPN Tucson, brought to you by Tucson Appliance only at Tucson Appliance, where our low prices are your priority. Still FC Tucson tickets to give away at some point before we get out of here in the next 25 minutes. Stay tuned. More from the Jeff Dean Show right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. The time is now. 520-719-1490-719-1490. Call now. Caller number two. Going to win a pair of tickets to go see FC Tucson take on Greenville this Saturday night at Kino North Stadium. Game is at 7, gates at 6. Call now. 719-1490. Caller number two. You will win those tickets. Good luck and enjoy. More NFL news. Cam Newton We've discussed this, of course, the last couple of days, and it has been very, very newsworthy that he stepped away from the Patriots facility. He's a non-vaccinated player, which means that he must go into COVID protocol to return to the team. During this time, Mac Jones has been running with the ones in practice, including the joint practice session that they had yesterday with the New York Giants that apparently went really, really well for Mac Jones. Based on some of the quotes coming out of New England, people are very excited to have Mac running with the ones. Veteran running back James White said, quote, he's getting a lot of reps now. He's taking control of the huddle and doing the best that he can. He's making sure that everybody's on the same page so we can go out there and execute not just for one period, but throughout the entire practice. Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver, said, I think Mac's doing a good job. He's taking a leadership role. He's controlling everybody. He's got everybody in the right place, stuff like that, making the team be a real team. <laughs> These are fellow players on the offense basically saying that Mac Jones is a more prepared leader than Cam Newton is. 
if I'm reading between the lines here. Kendrick Bourne says making the team be a real team. He's controlling. He's got everybody in the right place. James White said exactly the same thing. He's making sure everybody's on the same page so that we can go out and execute, not just for one period, but for the entire practice. Now, Cam Newton returns to practice today after missing the previous five days for the NFL's COVID-19 protocol. It'll be interesting to see what kind of reps occur, not only today, but in the game against the New York Giants this weekend. Now, these joint practices are huge. This is where the teams can really kind of branch out, stretch their, you know, stretch their wings and kind of see what they've really got. That's, that's what these joint practices are doing for the NFL nowadays. They're not using them in the games. They're doing them in these joint, joint practices, as I predicted several years ago. This is the way it was going to go. Cam Newton, again, I don't believe it was the Patriots' misstep. I'm, I'm fairly certain that Cam Newton was really like, I got something I got to take care of. I'll see you in a week. That's most likely what happened. Now, you can do this in most systems. You can do this in most locker rooms. You cannot do something like this in Bill Bell- on Bill Belichick's team. You just, you just can't. He's not going to he's not gonna stand for that. He even had a quote yesterday as well when he was asked about selecting a starting quarterback. He says, I don't have a timetable for that. We'll decide the starting quarterback when the time is right. So even Bill Belichick playing things close to the vest as it, as it pertains to the starting quarterback in New England. And the competition, of course, between Cam Newton and Mac Jones has ramped up, as I mentioned, because the offense has apparently enjoyed having Mac Jones as their leader, having Mac Jones as the guy in the huddle in these joint practices and during you know regular practices week running with the ones. He looked good. According to several, several outlets there, he's looked good. So we'll keep a close eye on that, obviously, because that would be a huge development if Mac Jones is starting week one for the New England Patriots. Other rookie quarterbacks, okay, I mentioned at the very end of the show yesterday, Urban Meyer named uh, – he, he named uh, Trevor Lawrence, sorry. I was looking at something else. He named Trevor Lawrence starting quarterback in Jacksonville. We knew that was coming. I Look, I get it. I had a conversation with a friend, and he was like, well – you know, he's trying to develop, you know, a, a, a culture there of you can't just walk in and be given the, the, the reins to the, you know, to you can be given to the keys to the car. And he wants there to be fair competition. He wants to prove to all of the rookies there because it's a very young team. And, yes, it is a very young team. But, come on, man, these guys are being paid to do this. This is not high school. This is not college. These are professionals. They deserve to know who their leader is from day one. Just don't. Don't play playground games with people who aren't on the playground anymore. Okay? We don't like that. Adults don't like that. Be an adult. Everyone in the world knows that Trevor Lawrence is going to be your starting quarterback. Just, just say it. Okay? Now, there are other situations, as I mentioned, where Robert Sala at, uh, in New York with the Jets, from day one, day one, Zach Wilson is going to be our number one. We drafted him number two overall because he is going to be our number one quarterback, and they've played him as such this, this preseason. And to be honest, and and to my surprise, really, to my surprise, he's looked better than any rookie quarterback in camp so far this year. Looked better than any of them. He's looked consistent. He's looked, he's looked electric. He's looked dynamic. And he's done it consistently throughout the weeks of camp. He's ready to go. Like he, he's good and ready. And I think a lot of that has to do with being treated like an adult. This is not trying to establish a culture of nobody gets a free pass here. Guess what? You get a free pass when I say you do. You're the head coach. You can make up the rules. You get, to, you get to do what you want. You can give people a free pass. And if somebody doesn't like it, they get their butt out. Someone else will gladly step in and take their place. That's the way the world works, folks. If Urban Meyer wants to sit there and parade around and be like, well, we're going to establish a culture where nobody, nothing's handed out and everybody's got to earn something. and You know, you can't just draft a guy number one expecting to be the number one quarterback. Everybody knows he is specifically in the situation that you're in in Jacksonville. You came out of retirement to coach the guy. Stop it. Stop playing games. Knock it off. Give that young man the confidence that he deserves because (laughs) he's going to need it because that team sucks. 
other rookie quarterbacks, Trey Lance, of course, the number three overall pick with the 49ers. It does seem that Jimmy Garoppolo, he, he was even quoted West yesterday. Jimmy G was quoted yesterday. He said he has a pretty good idea of who the starting quarterback is going to be for the 49ers, which means that most likely Kyle Shanahan has told him, look, you're our number one. And Kyle Shanahan has basically said this. We have packages in place for Trey Lance. And Trey Lance is going to play. They want to see him play. He's got the tool set to get out there and make plays on an NFL football field at the age of 18 years old, 19 years old, right? Youngest quarterback ever drafted into the NFL. He's got the tools. He hadn't played football in 420 days leading up until camp this year. It'll take time. There's no way he was going to start in San Francisco. Even though they, they leveraged all those assets to get him, wasn't going to happen. Jimmy G is going to be your starter, and Trey Lance will play. But what's happening in Chicago, I think uh, Justin Fields came down to, to earth a little bit against, against Buffalo. We know how bad, I mean, just how desperately bad that offensive line is. They signed Jason Peters to play left tackle. Uh, that should tell you everything you need to know about how good the Chicago Bears offensive line is. Jason Peters has not been a top-tier left tackle in this league for several years. He was. He's not anymore. Just hanging on. So Chicago needs to kind of save Justin Fields. And Justin Fields is going to have some opportunities to play. And I think before the season is over, he will eventually be the starting quarterback because Chicago's not going to be very good either. And you need some kind of a dynamic playmaker, but not right now. You don't need it to start the season. I just don't think Justin Fields is ready to go out there and lead an NFL team day one. That's why you brought in Andy Dalton, right? Andy Dalton was probably the most highly coveted quarterback in free agency this offseason. Chicago was lucky enough to get him. Play the man. Okay, I get it. I Look, I talk glowingly about Justin Fields as well. I talk glowingly about how his athleticism translated to the NFL. He seemed like the fastest player on the field, and he was. It doesn't make him a great quarterback. It doesn't make him the reason to start in week number one. You just you, you, you got to go with the red rifle to start off the season if you're Chicago. And then, again, we'll keep a close eye on what's going on in New England because I, I would be shocked. I would be shocked. I would legitimately be shocked if Bill Belichick chose a rookie quarterback to lead his team out onto the field for week number one. Belichick does not play rookie quarterbacks, period. He eats them for breakfast does not play them for his football team. But if he believes that Mac Jones has the better team attitude and is going to get all 11 guys to work in congruence together on the football field and move forward down the field as opposed to Cam, who is choosing himself once again, then that's that's what he's going to do. He's going to go with what's best for the team. And uh, we'll find out. Again, NFL season right around the corner. Should be fun. I can't wait. It's so exciting. <laughs> Just, I'm loving it. I'm loving every minute of it. Join Spears and Ali tomorrow from 3 to 6. They'll be broadcasting li- their, their show live, taking it on the road to Main Gate Plaza. They're going to be on the corner at University of and Tyndall, right next to Saigon Foe. Uh, Saigon Foe, if you will. Uh, join the community of Tucson as we preview our U of A football team season that starts September 4th. We're going to start kicking off the Bear Down Fridays a week early. This weekend, this Friday from 3 to 6 with Spears and Ali right there. Head on down, be a part of the party, and bear down Arizona. When we return, we'll put a big, bright red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next, right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tuesday. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Final segment today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're looking for a uh, for a fun article to read. Alec White just dropped one on Tucson.com for the Arizona Daily Star. Eric uh, Alec White, who uh, covers U of A athletics, of course, does a great, uh, great job writing for the Star. Um, talked to some players and coaches and just said, "I want you to describe Jed Fish with one word, with just one word, and then and then they would just tell a little story about it. Uh, just some of the words that were used, and I'll let you you know go to the website and, and check out the story." because it deserves your eyeballs. One word that was used was juice. Another word, swagger. Somebody used the word interesting. Young man on the team said the word ready. Another young man said special. One of his fellow coaches used the word original. A Wildcat legend 
used the word detailed. Another word that was used by one of the players, a legacy player, family. Another one of the coaches said fun. That sounds like the kind of program you'd like to sink your teeth into and get behind. If that sounds like the kind of head coach, the kind of person that you'd you'd want to you want to support and put your support behind, then uh, Jed Fish and Arizona football is your thing because that's what uh, his players and his fellow coaches are saying about him. I mean, a lot of these people are working with him and dealing with him for the first time ever. And those are the type of words used to describe him when they say one word description. Now, quickly, before we get out of here, I thought this was important and this was noteworthy. Michelob Ultra, uh, of course, part of the Anheuser-Busch family of, of beers, has pledged $100 million to women's sports over the next five years. They're looking to increase visibility for female athletes in order to increase earnings averages for the high-profile female athletes that are out there. Of the 1,000 highest-paid athletes in the world, two of them are women. Now, a third, Simone Biles, I think she made like 5 or $6 million uh, over, the last, over the last year or so. But that puts her outside the, fir- the top 1,000. Um, it's, there's, there's a, there's an understanding. Okay. We, we get it. We understand why, but the time for having only two women in the top 1000 earners in sports, that's kind of over now. Like we need to do a little bit better. So, uh, Anheuser-Busch and Michelob Ultra have said, we're going to pledge $100 million to getting women athletes, female athletes in the, in the spotlight, more in the spotlight than what they currently have been. And we're going to try to get some more women getting paid, getting some endorsement deals out there. Let's get them going. Now, interestingly enough, it's an equal venture for Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch is also pledging the same $100 million towards men's sports. They're, they're, they're preaching the equality. They're not just saying we're going to dump a bunch of w- uh, money in women's sports because you know they're the only ones that deserve it. They're going to pledge $100 million to men's sports as well. But never in the, in the history of anything that I can remember – has any company ever devoted that kind of money to promoting and endorsing women's athletics? And it's 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 a great move. It's a great look for Anheuser-Busch and Michelob Ultra. Michelob Ultra is using their their position because their their market is women. Okay, they sell twenty percent of their twenty percent more of their product goes to women than it goes to men. So it was important for them to uh, to feature that demographic. And uh, good on them. Good on Anheuser-Busch. We're dropping that $100 million. Let's get some more women paid out there. They're earning it. They're working hard just as much as the men are, and uh, they're not getting paid as equally. And I think it's important that, uh, that we recognize that and get some more women paid, and this $100 million will go a long way to promoting that. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition. Thanks to Medea behind the glass for all her hard work. You guys stick around 3 to 6 today for Spears and All Legal. See you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for another Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.